Well, amen, amen. Welcome uh, to everybody that is joining us. So glad that you are uh, a part of this service. And I just want to encourage you, lean in. God has a word for you. Maybe you were scrolling through uh, social media and this popped up. Uh, come on and uh, get comfortable. Hear from God. Be ready to receive from God's word and uh, be ready to respond to God's word. God's got a, a message for you. I'm excited to get to, to share this word today. Uh, we're just uh, praying and believing. Uh, man, we just miss you guys, miss all of the Faith Assembly family. I know that uh, we often say that we are a church with multiple locations, and so normally we're greeting uh, from here at, at the Curry Ford campus. We're greeting the uh, Michigan Street campus. We're greeting the Red Bug Lake campus. Uh, but uh, I can't greet every campus by name uh, this weekend. We're, we're probably around 8,000 campuses this weekend or something like that, according to our typical uh, stream numbers during this. So uh, wherever you are, I'm so glad that you are joining and being a part of this service. I encourage you to stay tuned in, stay plugged in, uh, stay alert. I know it's much easier to fall asleep during messages uh, when you're on your couch or in your PJs or whatever. Uh, but come on, tune in to what God wants to say to you. We are praying and believing and looking forward to uh, uh, getting back together uh, in, in uh, whatever kind of setting that we can, uh, coming back into our, our um, auditoriums and meeting. And so we can't wait for that to happen. Uh, we're praying for this virus to be completely defeated. Uh, that's why uh, earlier this week, I saw this picture taken from the International Space Station. It was a picture taken of Earth, and it was kind of sad to see what it said there, uh, right there on Earth that just says, sorry, we're closed. Doesn't it feel like that? Like just uh, everything's just kind of closed. And so we're praying that uh, some of this stuff gets turned around and turned around quicker than even we thought it would. And uh, one other funny thing I saw uh, this week was uh, in Tyler, Texas, the newspaper in Tyler, Texas, this is what they put uh, the, uh, on the sports page. They just printed this and said, what's going on in sports? And it was just a big blank page. And so uh, I miss, I do miss sports. I must be honest. I miss uh, sports. I miss uh, sitting down in a restaurant from time to time. I miss coming together as the church uh, all in one place. And uh, so those days will come. We're still coming together, though, uh, through uh, our, our, our screens and through all of the virtual ways that we're doing it. So thank you for being here. If you have a copy of God's Word, get it out. Come on, get ready to receive from God. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 29. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 29. Uh, this is what the Word of God says. I'm reading from the New International Version, Version. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Look at verse 22. 
It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we uh, wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know, verse 28 is a popular verse, uh, a lot of us uh, are familiar with verse 28. Maybe we don't always look at it in the context, which is why we're reading some, uh, some verses around verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I am going to share uh, for the next few moments today on this thought of silver linings. That God is a God of silver linings. That even in suffering, uh, God is a God of silver linings. Will you pray with me? And right there where you are, right there in your home, right there wherever you are, come on, pray with me that God would speak to us today. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word and I pray that you would speak to us. I ask that your presence would fill every single, um, every single home, that your presence would fill every single environment that someone is taking part of this service. I pray you'd be strong in our lives. God, speak to us. Let there be a prophetic anointing on this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, when you hear that word, uh, those words silver linings, you think of for that phrase where, uh, where, I don't know, for years and years and years, people have said every cloud has a silver lining. Now, I, I don't know that, I mean, I've been in Florida and I've been seeing some clouds that didn't necessarily have a silver lining, but I think we get the picture that the sun is kind of behind there, that it's just waiting to come out, that every cloud has a silver lining. It's kind of encouraging us to, if we can, to look on the bright side. And so even during these last few weeks of unprecedented days and, and things we never saw coming, uh, there has been some bright side. As a matter of fact, there have been some people that have submitted some different things talking about that even their job situation uh, has been a, a good thing and, and some of the things that happen with, with jobs. As a matter of fact, um, I spoke with one small business owner and uh, though it, there was a real cloud with the business, his business had to, had to shut down for, for a few weeks. And, and yes, there was, some, uh, you know, there was some concern about that and what that would look like and what that would do. But as I talked to him, he began to share that he has spent so much time uh, with, his, uh, with his wife and with his kids. And that's been uh, such a blessing during this, uh, during this season. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about, that even though maybe things are a little bit difficult, maybe things are a bit of a trial, maybe there is some suffering, that maybe we could still find some silver lining in it. Maybe our attitude could be such that we go, you know what, but there has been a, a positive. Because I know, I know a, lot of, a lot of you, your garage is cleaner than it's ever been before. I know a lot of you, your lawn looks better than it's looked in a long time. You finally stopped getting letters from your homeowners association 
Association because your lawn is looking okay. I know a lot of you are getting reacquainted with your spouse and your kids, and, uh, and that's a good thing, even in the midst of uh, a little bit of suffering. And so, of course, last week, Pastor talked a little bit about suffering and how you're doing through that, and we just want to kind of continue that and talk about looking at the silver linings even through a season of suffering. What, what is, if you think about it for a moment, what is suffering? And uh, really in the, in the Jewish culture and Jewish theology, suffering was very, very, uh, it was, there was a wide definition of suffering. Suffering basically included any kind of inconvenience, an inconvenience in any form. So suffering could be as simple as like, I reached in to pull out, you know, money uh, out of my pocket and realized, oh man, I forgot to put my money in my pocket. And we would go, well, that's not suffering. But, but really any kind of inconvenience falls under that category uh, of suffering. You, you can even look at it this way. You, you go to get a coffee and it's not as warm as you like it. That's still, I'm saying classically Jewish uh, theology, that would still fall under uh, the category of suffering. Now here's the thing. We all go through suffering. We all will. And if you think you never have, buckle your seatbelt because it will be coming. So we will all go through suffering. But what it seems is, is that suffering seems to discriminate. And we may not understand it, but sometimes we can look at some people and go, well, the reason why I don't talk about my drink not being the right temperature, the reason why I don't talk about, you know, I ordered this outfit and I got it and it was the wrong size and I'm not going to talk about and call that suffering. The reason why we don't call those minor inconveniences in life suffering is because we know uh, how bad suffering can be. And we see that sometimes suffering seems to discriminate. It seems like some people suffer maybe more than others, or it seems that some people go through situations that are way more serious and way more heavy than others. But the fact of the matter is, we will all go through suffering, and when we do, no matter how massive or maybe how uh, insignificant you may think it is, when we do, it's important that we learn this art of looking for God's silver linings in the midst of suffering. And that's what Romans chapter 8 is talking about. Romans chapter 8 talks a, a, a lot about who God is during these seasons of suffering and what this silver lining could be during this season of suffering. And the first one that I would want to pull out is right there in verse 23. Verse 23 says, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. This, this chapter 8, which is thought of to be one of the most significant chapters in, in all of the New Testament. But in Romans chapter 8, Paul's laying out what suffering looks like and, and what can happen during suffering. And he says, but during this, he said, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. I like to bring out this, that one of God's silver linings in a, in a season of suffering is his presence. That his presence is always with you. Uh, though you walk through a valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because he's with you. His presence is a very real silver lining when it comes to a cloud of suffering. Uh, Paul talks about it and calls it the first fruit of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit. Uh, this term... It's used in modern Greek, the, the, the Greek word that gets translated, this first fruit of the Spirit, first fruit. It's in modern Greek, that is used also to convey the meaning of an engagement ring. Think about that. My, actually, last week, my oldest son 
uh, got engaged, and uh, so they're looking at dates to be married. I got several weddings uh, going on in our family uh, this year, and uh, and so he got engaged, and he presented a, a wedding ring to his now fiance, and what that wedding ring ring represented was a, a promise. It was uh, it was the first fruit. It was the first step towards us being married, us doing this, and and that's what. Um, Paul is talking about here, he says, we have been given uh, a deposit. We've been given the first fruit of the presence of God. We know what it means, that, that word first fruit, because we've talked about that a lot when we've talked about being faithful to God in our giving, when we've talked about honoring God with the first fruit, the, the tithe, the first fruit that belongs to him. Um, what that is signifying is as we honor God with that first fruit, it is uh, signifying a promise of a harvest to come. That's, that's why we do that. And so as we understand first fruit, if we have been given the first fruit of the Spirit, it means it is a deposit of the presence of God. It's a promise. Really what it is, it's a piece of heaven. I want you just to, I want you to receive that from wherever you are. You may be in a very unheaven-like uh, situation right now. You may be in a very unheaven-like room. Like you may be looking around going, if this is heaven, I got to reconsider this whole thing. Like I don't know what kind of situation that you are taking part of this service in right now, but I can tell you this, that God's spirit is there. And as his spirit is there, it's really a, it's really a foretaste of heaven. It's, it's his presence. That's really what makes heaven so great. We, we can read in scripture about different things and streets of gold and gates of pearl and and different uh, things that will be going on in heaven, but really the ultimate prize of eternity is to be in the uh, presence of God. And so this first fruit, this presence that Paul's talking about here, it is a silver lining. Now, why is it a silver lining in suffering? Because sometimes when we suffer, it heightens our sensitivity to his, his presence. Sometimes when we suffer, it makes us again realize and prioritize his presence, because we realize that we need him. Isn't it true for a lot of us that sometimes when things start to go maybe a little too smoothly, when things start to go a little too well, it's so easy for many of us, we can look back on moments in our life when things are going well and we kind of forgot about the presence of God in our life. Well, maybe this season right now is really doing that for us. It's going, you know what, this is a season where we are getting uh, realigned, where we are reprioritizing the presence of God. And the presence of God that we feel now is just a promise of more of his presence to come. That's why the end of verse 23 says this, that we eagerly, we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. In other words, we are waiting for the presence of God to take over. We're, ready, we're waiting to be in such the presence of God uh, that we are in heaven for eternity. His presence is a silver lining in suffering. Verse 26 and 27 begins to mention another. And I would say it is that his prayer, his prayer is also a silver lining in our suffering. In the same way, verse 26 says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What I love about these couple of verses 
And what I feel like God wants to say to somebody right now is this, is that God cares about you. God cares about what you're going through. God cares about your trials. He cares about the trials of his people. And even as he cares, the Spirit of God, not only does he care, but the Spirit of God prays for you with, with groans. The Spirit of God prays that you will find God's will. What a, what a promise, what a silver lining that though I may be going through a, a tough season, though I may be going through something that uh, I didn't expect, though I may be going through something that feels like it's going to take me out, I know this, that the Spirit of God is lifting me up in prayer. I don't always know what God's will is. Sometimes I face situations and I'm not sure. Sometimes I feel like, especially over these last couple of weeks, uh, that we've been making decisions. And sometimes, sometimes you get to make decisions. It's like, well, that's a good decision and that's a bad decision. I will choose the good decision. But there are other times when you're making a decision. And I feel like sometimes during this season of quarantine, it's been like that organizationally even where it's like, well, this is a, not a good decision. This is a, not quite as bad of a decision. Like there's sometimes it's, it's not such a clear, like, oh, here's the best one. It's been tougher during this season. And with that, it's important to trust, well, the Spirit of God is praying for me. The Spirit of God is lifting me up. When my strength is running out, He lifts me up. He gives me hope. That should provide hope to know that the Spirit of God is praying for you. I heard about an experiment that some scientists did a few years back, and uh, it was a bit of a cruel experiment, and I, I, did, I, I didn't take part of it, so you can reserve any emails. Uh, don't send them to me. I was not a part of it, but I am going to tell of it. But what they did is they took uh, two groups of lab rats, and they put them in these tubs of water, two different sets of lab rats. And uh, in one of the tubs of water, those lab rats swam uh, just for about an hour. After an hour had gone by, they had all drowned uh, in the water. That's why I said it was a little bit of a cruel experiment. But the other tub of lab rats, what they did is they reached down and they would pick each rat up periodically and just put it right back in the water. And they'd wait a couple more minutes or so and they'd reach in and pick it up and put it back in the water. And those rats that were kept getting picked up and put back in the water, they didn't die in just one hour in the water, but they swam for over 24 hours. These died in less than an hour. These swam for over 24 hours. Man, what is the difference? Is it that they got rest when they were lifted up? Is that was the difference? No, that wasn't the difference. The difference was hope. The difference was that as those rats swam, they thought, if I just swim just a little while longer, somebody's going to come and pick me up and rescue me. If I just swim a little while longer, I might make it through this. That's what the Spirit of God praying for us should do. That even though I might be drowning in my doubt, I might be drowning in depression, I might be drowning in defeat or disease or deceit, if, but if I can just learn to depend on him, if I can just trust that the Spirit of God is going to lift me up, and I'm telling you, he is. God wants to tell somebody right there where you are, he is. He's lifting you up. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. And you know what? You're going to make it through this. When you run out of the fervor or the faith or the strength to pray, the Spirit's praying for you. Wow. What a silver lining in, the, in a moment of suffering. Another silver lining in a moment of suffering would be his providence. His providence, and this is the verse that I think a lot of us are familiar with in Romans chapter 8. But it speaks of the providence of God. 
And it says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. All things work for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. These are two present active participles is what it is. It's these two equal um, statements that uh, initiate the providence of God in our life. And the two participles are this, those that love God and those that have been called according to his purpose. That's when we can trust a silver lining. When we love God, and when we're called according to his purpose, that's when, even though we're going through rough seasons, we can go, you know what? No, I think that the providence of God is gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna perform this for me. He's gonna do this for me. Look at that. What an amazing promise of God. What, a, what, what amazing providence this is that God would take our triumphs and our trials and everything in between and mix them all together. God will take our good times, our bad times, and our mediocre times. That God will take our ups. That God will take our downs and even life in the middle. And he'll mix it all together. And you know what's going to come out of that? Our good and his glory. He'll mix it all together and to make our good. And it's not that any specific experience is good. It's not that every single ingredient of it is good, but it's like when those ingredients are mixed together, it's like ingredients that are mixed in medicine to accomplish a certain uh, healing in our, in our bodies, or it's like ingredients that would come together uh, and, and mix together properly in just the right amount and just the right timing to make a delicious dish. That's what God is doing with our life. And he's taking our ups and our downs and everything in between and he's mixing it together in his providence for our good and for his glory. And sometimes we can get focused on just though the one moment, right? We can get focused on just the one ingredient. We can get focused on just the one experience that I'm going through right now and going, God, I do not understand because this experience does not sit well with me. This experience, this moment of suffering, I don't understand how this is a part of the equation. It reminded me of a video that I'd seen a, a couple years back, and I want to show it to you again. As a little boy, as his mom was cooking some things and mixing some things, she kept bugging him, and he wanted to taste uh, one of the ingredients. And she was warning him, saying, I, I don't think you're going to like this. Uh, but he kept bugging her, so she finally let him taste it. Check it out what happened. I love it. The child will not stop insisting on tasting this. I keep telling him it's going to be gross, but he does not want to listen. So I'm going to let him find out for himself. Spit it out. Come on, get to the sink. All right. I think we can definitely classify that under the category of, of suffering. And so this little boy sees this cocoa powder and it just looks like it's got to be delicious. He has no idea the bitterness uh, that he's about ready to taste, the bitterness that he's about ready to walk through. And uh, when he does, Man, he, he suffers, and you can see the look on his face. He's coughing up a cloud of chocolate dust. And uh, uh, so I, I thought about that. But here's the thing. You take that same ingredient, 
You take that same cocoa powder that would be almost, you couldn't even, you couldn't even swallow it. It would be almost unbearable. But you take that same cocoa powder and you mix it with just the right amount of butter, just the right amount of oil and sugar and eggs and the right amount of vanilla extract and flour and salt and you mix it together and you do it in just the right timing and you put it in the oven for just the right amount of time and you know what you get? A delicious plate of warm brownies, and I submit that there's few things better in life than a nice warm brownie. Well, listen, those ingredients by themselves, no. no they wouldn't be necessarily a great moment. They wouldn't be a great experience, but mixed together. And we can walk through seasons of suffering and going, God, I, I don't know about this. And, and you know what? If your life was just that, now let's be honest, we may go through seasons of suffering, but that's not all our life is. If it was just the suffering, if it was only the loneliness, if it was only the, the financial downturn, if it was only the sickness, if it was only the doubt, only the fear, then perhaps it would be more than we could handle. But as we love God and as we walk in his calling, he starts stirring together all the ingredients of our life. He starts stirring together everything so that it will work out for our good and for his glory. And that's why even during seasons of, of suffering, even maybe when we can't even see uh, the silver lining, we know that God is working together for our good. And finally, I would, I would say this and pull this out of this amazing passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8 that one of God's silver linings is also his promotion. His promotion. Verse 29 says, For those that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. To be conformed to the image of his Son. Pleasure isn't really the goal. You know what the real goal is? Is to be Christ-like. At the end of all this, pleasure, even, even the lack of suffering, that's not the goal. Well, I don't want to feel pain anymore, but that's not really the goal. The goal is not pleasure. The goal is to be Christ-like. And that's what Paul promises here, that even in a moment of suffering, you can trust the silver lining is this, that you're going to win in the end. You're going to be like Christ. As a matter of fact, the very first verse we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, he says it there too. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. He says, I consider. That's a, in, in the Greek, that term means to be, uh, it's a carefully researched conclusion. I consider. I have added this up. In other words, I have really thought about it. I've put it all together. It's, it's picturing that it's not worth comparing. It's picturing the old school uh, scales. You know, I remember seeing pictures of old school scales that they put something in this scale and something and weigh it and it would be even. And what Paul's saying is, he's saying on one side of the scale, you can put all the trials, you can put all the suffering, you can put all the momentary afflictions that you go through. You can put the seasons of being maybe feeling sick or feeling down or feeling depressed. You can put all those in this one. Paul says, when you do, yeah, the scale might tip. He said, but when I put on this side of the scale the glory of God, the glory that is to be revealed in you, and you know what? We don't always see the silver lining it's the glory that is to be revealed in us. 
it does take some faith here. Because sometimes we're just on this side of the scale. But you know what? The glory is coming. We win in the end. The glory that will be revealed in us when we are conformed to the image of his son. That's the goal of all this. The glory may not be visible now, but know this, that your pain will lead to his promotion. Can I say it again? Your pain is leading to his promotion. It's leading to you becoming more and more like Christ. In the six months before I moved here to Orlando to be on staff here at this amazing church, I went through a season of ministry that was the toughest six months of ministry I'd ever been through senior pastor at the church I was working at had resigned and I was kind of filling in as interim pastor and so I kind of had a lot of responsibility but really not really much power or authority to make any decisions. I wasn't looking for big time authority but I was just I was just trying to do my best in that situation and it was difficult. It was the toughest six months of ministry I'd ever been through. I look back and I, I would say I would say I don't know if I'd want to go through something like that again but I can tell you this that when those six months were over and I moved here I stepped into a role of ministry and I would, I would find myself preaching. I would find myself maybe leading worship. I'd find myself in some application of ministry. And I remember I would be thinking like, Who, who's this? Who did you become? And I was so different. I had learned so much and it was during a season of great suffering. It was during a season of difficulty. And that's the way it is. Sometimes in our greatest seasons of difficulty, we learn the most. Sometimes in our greatest seasons of suffering, we become more and more like Christ. So maybe instead of asking God, how do I get out of this trouble? Maybe we should ask God, what do I get out of this trouble? Instead of just trying to, God, how can you get me out of here? God, what am I supposed to learn in the midst of this trouble? Now, let me end by, by saying this. And we're getting ready to go into a, a, a moment of inviting the presence of God into your environment, wherever you are. I want you to get ready. I want you to stay so focused. But I want to say this as we close, that I want to make something very, very clear that though there are silver linings in our suffering, that I want to make something clear. God is not the reason that we suffer. Sin is the reason that we suffer. And we all know deep down, we all know that we have sinned. I think most of us can uh, admit to that. Some of you watching, you've dealt with your sin. You've confessed your sin. You've gotten right with God. Some of you are watching, maybe you haven't done that yet. But most of us know that we have sinned. We can come to grips with that, but we have a tough time with this thought that we should be punished for our sin. It'd be like getting pulled over for going three miles over the speed limit. Be like, well, I mean, I know I was speeding. I know I broke the law. We would do it with air quotes to the officer as we tried to plead our case. I know I was breaking the law, but I'm, I'm only three miles over the speed limit. Look, there's people going by right now. They're going 15 miles over. You should go punish them and let me free. That's kind of the way we see our own sin. Like, I mean, I know I've sinned, but there's people that have done so much worse than me. So should I really be punished for my sin? And that's where suffering comes in sometimes. But it's not that we're, it's not that we're being uh, punished for specific sins when we suffer. It's more like this. Now hear me on this. Because we want to we look back and go, okay, what's the specific sin that I committed that has put me in this particular season of suffering? And it doesn't work like that. Because we are really suffering as a human race because the human race is born into sin. 
When you think about it, it is millions and millions of people, billions of people with sinful natures. When you think about it that way, that we as a human race are suffering under the billions and billions of people that are born in a sinful nature. When you think about it that way, it's not, why am I suffering? Really the question becomes, why aren't I suffering more? Why aren't we suffering more? And the answer to that question comes in the next verse. We didn't read it yet. But the next verse in Romans chapter 8. I love it. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Look at it. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? Pause right there. In response to what things? In response to everything that we just read. Everything that we've been talking about. Suffering and what God can provide during that. Paul says, now what should we say in response to these things? That if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's why we can make it through this. Because God is for us. And if you need to surrender your life to Christ, if you need to, to be under that covenant that says, I, I love, I'm loving God with my life. I'm answering the call of God on my life so that even if I do suffer, at least it makes some sense. Even if I do suffer, at least it's not in vain. It's not just completely out there and, and random. And at least I know that God's got me. At least I know that God is for me and who can be against me. If you need to get right with God, I encourage you to do that right now. I want to first pray a prayer for those that need to get right with God. And then we who are right with God, we who love God and are called according to His purpose, we're going to invite the silver lining into our life. If you need to get right with God, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Wherever you are, matter of fact, if, if you want, if you want to just close your eyes, wherever you are, and if you're in a room with people, come on, everybody in that room, just close your eyes right now. And as we do, and Christians, I want you to pray for anybody that's watching and taking part of this service. I want you to pray for them right now. If they need to get right with God, that they would. Just pray something like this and mean it with all your heart. It's a, it's a change of mind. It's a change of direction that we're committing to right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I make a decision right now to serve you. I make a decision right now to love you with my life, to love you with my uh, heart, to love you with my body, to love you with my intentions, with my future. God, I give it all to you and I thank you for forgiving me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Cleanse my heart in Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to speak to those of you who need to be strengthened during maybe a season of suffering. And I, I, I'm not talking just about a, a, a pandemic or a virus. I, listen, there's, there's a lot going on. We, we've suffered before this, we'll suffer after this. But when we do, it's important that we understand God's presence, God's prayer, uh, God's, uh, you know, uh, God's presence in our life and all that he wants to do in us and through us. And so Pastor John's going to come and lead us in a song of blessing. And this song speaks of Romans 8, 31, that he's for you. He's for you. He's for you. And so right there where you are, I encourage you, turn that environment into a sanctuary right now. 
that you would recognize that you would call on the presence of God right there where you are. If you, maybe, maybe you want to join hands with somebody. Uh, maybe you just want to stand right there where you are. But come on, let's invite his prayer, his providence, his promotion. Come on, right now into, into your situation, everywhere, wherever you are. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. close out this service. Spirit of God, thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you that you are strong in our lives. You are strong even where we are right now. I pray, God, that we would keep our hearts set upon you. And I thank you, God, for healing. And I thank you, God, for being the lifter of our heads even right now. In Jesus' name, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. The Lord keep you. Praise the Lord. We're so thankful for each and every one of you being there this morning. We want to let you know that all of our services and sermons are archived on our website. That gives you an opportunity to replay them or revisit them with family and friends. And if you made a decision, a commitment for Christ today, especially for the first time, we want to catch up with you and get to know you. You'll see on the screen here to my left a telephone number. If you would text your full name to 321-204-1011. 
When you do that, we'll send you a daily devotional and an app and so forth. And so if you made a decision, please follow up with us. And also, we're here to help you. We're here to serve you in the community. Uh, we've set up a special section on our website, faithassembly.org, uh, for the coronavirus. And if we can help you with prayer or practical means, please reach out to us through that website. And now... We're very excited to let you know that we have a kids program right now, Kids Way. Stay tuned.